0: Kia ora. Welcome to the Arise Church podcast. For more details, you can find us at arisechurch.com. But right now, we're going to hear a message from myself, our Wellington Campus Pastor, Chris White. We really trust you'll enjoy today's message. We are believing and declaring in this season... That God is bringing a fresh wind into our sails. He's breathing His life the life of His Holy Spirit into us. This is a prophetic word for us as a church. It's a prophetic word for us as individuals. For everyone watching online right now, you're glad you chose to listen to this because God is bringing a fresh wind upon you. He's bringing a fresh wind upon us. He's blowing on us with His Holy Spirit. And I think there's about three people who are excited about that right now. I think there's a little more, but we're a little bit reticent, you know? Come on, you know it's there. It's a prophetic declaration. I just want to speak to those, though, who've come today, who are watching today, and perhaps you don't, just don't feel that right now. Maybe you're just feeling exhausted. Maybe you're thinking, man, I just want more, more weeks of holidays and I don't have any of them. You know, perhaps you, you, you've come to the start of this new season and you're like, oh, this is not where I wanted to be. You know, I was hoping that maybe summer was going to refresh me a little, bit, a little bit more, but I believe God is speaking to you. I believe God is speaking to us all. I, I believe He's saying, this is not the end. You know, what, what, many of us have walked back into a workplace and we have suddenly experiencing the same pressures that we experienced before, which we were hoping maybe had disappeared through the summer break somehow. I don't know how that happens. Some of us are jealous of Jacinda Ardern. You know, like, I wish I could resign and finish up in a few months' time and then it'll be a whole lot easier, you know? Uh, but you know what? God says, no, I haven't finished yet. I haven't finished yet. God is standing here. He's looking at you. He knows your situation. It's no surprise to Him. He's got a plan and a purpose for you. I read this Scripture at the start of this year, and it's just been ringing in my ears. I want to read it over us all today. It says this. It's from Psalm 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. When the Bible says the horn of my salvation, what that's a reference to is people would raise a horn of salvation that that symbolized victory. It symbolized victory. I just imagine that God right now is raising up his horn of salvation over your life, over your situation, over your world. He's declaring victory. He's declaring, I am your God. I am victorious. We are going through this together. And I tell you what, he's a great gift on the other side of that. God is standing over us. We are not at the end. He's doing it in our church. He's doing it in Arise. He's doing it in your life. Man, gosh, we had a horrendous year at Arise last year. Is it okay to say that? Is it right to be? Is it right? Are we allowed to say that in 2023? Um, I tell you what, and, and, and look, for me personally, it was incredibly challenging. Incredibly challenging. But one thing I was so grateful for was that all through the season, I felt the presence of God. I felt that God was with me. I felt that God was encouraging me every step of the way. And and the thing about God is He doesn't push our troubles aside but He walks through those troubles. He holds up a horn of victory. And He says, I am bringing victory your way. You're gonna get through this. You're gonna get through this. You may stumble to the left. You may stumble to the right. I'm gonna pick you up. We're gonna keep on going. And it'll be God does it. He does it. But even more immediate than that, I believe that God is breathing on us right now. It's a right now thing. He is bringing a fresh wind, the wind of His Holy Spirit. Even now as I speak, I believe the Holy Spirit is starting to move on people's lives. He's starting to tap you on the shoulder. He's starting to encourage you. He's doing something inside of your spirit. He's saying, hey, 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 this is for you. This fresh wind is for you. It's not alone. He's, he's doing it. And how is God doing it? How does He do it? Zechariah 4.6 lets us know. So He said this to me. This is the Word of the Lord to Zer- Bubble. That's a funny name, eh? There we go. Not by might. Not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. I want us to look at that closer. It's not by our might. It's not by our power, but it is by God's spirit. Says who? Says not just the Lord mostly mighty, the Lord who mostly succeeds, but the Lord Almighty. He always succeeds. He always has a victory. Come on, I think we need to get a little bit excited about that. Praise God, who is a God of victory, and He stands over us with victory. You know, last year in October, uh, we gathered with all of our staff, and we had a staff retreat, and it's the first time we've done this in a number of years, and, uh, and look, I found it incredibly encouraging. We do have amazing staff here at Arise, and uh, look, there are all sorts of different personalities, that they have all sorts of different skill sets, but they, they are inspiring to be around people have the same passion to see God move and change people's lives. It's just it's just a great environment. I found it incredibly encouraging. And but one of the sessions in that whole weekend that really stood out to me was one where Pastor Ben happened to be speaking. And he happened to be speaking about a fresh wind. He shared some of that a little bit last week. But there was another part that he shared that that I wanted to bring to you. He described amongst other things in the session, you know, like it reminded us of those American Cup American Cup yachts. And like I'm no yachty, you know, like, uh, you know I, think my, I think, look, my dad took me out on a few boats here and there on holidays. Uh, they were disastrous times, uh, you know. Uh, my dad was not a good yachtsman in any, in any shape or form. And uh, we got into some precarious scenarios, you know what I mean? And so that was my upbringing. I'm not really a yacht kind of guy, you know what I mean? But I am staggered by what these America's Cup boats can do. You know, there they are, like in the new technology where they can go up on those foils and it's like they are flying. The hull isn't even in the water, but they are flying along the water. What I'm staggered with is that how in one minute, that, you know, like when the winds died down, they're dead in the water. And you've seen uh, moments even in the America's Cup races where the two boats are side by side going nowhere. You know, seemingly there's no wind, there's no impetus, there's no energy to get them forward. And they've got kilometers to go. And you're like, this race is never going to make it, you know? It's going to have to be called off. But then what happens is suddenly they change tack. And when they change tack, then the sound happens. I, I don't know how you describe it. It's like a whoom, you know? That I've been working on that. It didn't come out that good. I'll try one more time. It's like a whoom, you know? There we go. Thank you. Adam's helping me with that in that time. That was really good. Thank you, guys. You know, you didn't have to applaud, but I really appreciated the fact that You appreciated that. But anyway, um, you know, and then suddenly that boat just starts to move. It changes tack. It catches the wind and it starts to move. And it's slow but sure. But you see them both and you're realizing, oh, my gosh, they're trying to edge each other out. But they're both moving. And then with a little extra wind, something else magical happens. And then, bam, they're up on the foils and they are racing. And within no time, they're going hard at it. And you think, how does that happen? It just happens because they get in the right position. They catch the wind, and then they move extremely fast. And I just felt like that was an incredible picture. For us as a church, for us as individuals, I believe God is speaking to us right now as a congregation, and He's telling us, I'm about to blow my fresh wind upon you. That image has remained with me. The funny thing is often we, when we're stuck in that water, when we're dead in that moment, we come face to face with our own failings. That's what happens. We, we can get dead in the water when, we, when all we can see around us is the things that have got us into this position, the things that we're not strong at, our weak points. And it can become hard. We can become uh, complacent. We can become uh, like we've lost our way. We can feel like we're lost at sea. But then when God breathes upon us, when we change tack, when we realize that God's turning us in a different direction and He blows His fresh wind upon us, something incredible happens. And I believe God's gonna do that in your life. God's doing it in my life. He's gonna be doing it in this church. He's gonna be doing it in our nation. It's, a, it's astounding. I believe without a doubt, as I heard that message, that that this was a message not just for our staff, but was for our church. God will never leave you stranded. Philippians six says this, being confident of this, that He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God does not stop working in you. God does not stop working in me and His people and His church. His desire is that we would grow brighter. We would grow stronger. We would become more like Him. We would learn from our mistakes, make a course correction, and His wind would fill our sails again. And there was another picture that Pastor Ben shared uh, last week. It was also incredibly moving. And uh, many of us would have seen it on a video towards the end of the last year. But uh, one of the people in our spiritual advisory had had a vision of the church, uh, which we got to see on that video towards the end of last year. And uh, he saw a ship in a storm. And it was obviously a very intense storm. He knew that that ship represented our church. And uh, as that ship went into the eye of the storm, It now became invisible. It was covered, you know. Obviously, the storm was so intense that he couldn't see it anymore. Slowly but surely, that ship came out the other side of the storm. But he said, now it looked different. In actual fact, he had to question, you know, was that the same ship? Now it looked, the the, the sails had changed colour. The colours of the sails are now beautiful purple and white sails. It was lean but sturdy. It was captivating. And And he asked God, is this still the same ship? The Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, yes, I'm just filling the sails. I'm just filling the sails. And I believe that is not just a message for our church, but I believe that it's a message for us as His people. Because His church is always made up of His people. God is about to come and fill your sails. He's about to come and bring a a course change, a course direction, As you tack, He's going to start to fill those sails with His fresh wind. He's going to do something significant. He's moving. I will build my church as God, and the gates of hell will not prevail. So the question I wanted to answer today, uh, the question I wanted to answer is how do we get in that position to receive that fresh wind? How do we receive God's Word into our life right now? So the title of my message is this, the tack that sets us up the tack that sets us up. There are many things we can focus on in our spiritual life um, to position us to receive the Holy Spirit, but there were two key things that I believe were really important for us right now. But before we dive into those two things, I wanted to read this key scripture that I'm gonna base these next points from. It's from Acts chapter two, uh, starting at verse one. It's where God pulls out the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. So we're gonna read from there. It says this, When the day of Pentecost came, Because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all those who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? So they're baffled. They're like, how do these guys speak in other languages? What I what baffles me is their conclusion. Well, these guys must be drunk. I mean, I don't know. I, like, look, I've I've met a few drunk people. I've never seen them suddenly know another language. Yes, I now speak Greek. I will speak to you fluently in my language. But there we go. That's what that's what they were. At. Anyway, so Paul gets up. Peter, sorry, Peter gets up to speak to them, and he says this: These people are not gr- drunk. Great assumption. They're not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning because. You can't be drunk at nine in the morning, apparently. There we go. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says... I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Come on. We're in the last days. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my Spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Then He talks about some amazing things. I'll show wonders in heavens above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke, the sun will be turned to darkness the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord and everyone everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved come on that is amazing it's worth praising God for man we're in those times everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved Peter went on to preach about Jesus and explain to them hey Jesus Jesus Like this guy that you just crucified, he was the Messiah who was prophesied about. He was the one. He explained it through other scriptures. It was dawning on them. He said, you know what? Not only that, he was crucified and died, but did you realize a couple days later, he rose again? He was walking among us. And these guys had missed it completely. They were in Jerusalem. They had no idea what had happened right before their eyes. And isn't that often the case, you know? God's moving. He's doing things around us, but we just don't perceive it. Our eyes aren't open to see what God's doing, but God God was doing something amongst them. He was moving in them. So God settled that in their heart, and this was their response. In Acts 2, starting at 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. They suddenly realized what had gone on before them and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, the tack that sets us up consists of two key things for us in this season. And the number one thing is we need eyes of faith. We need eyes of faith. Man, we need to see what God is doing. We have to have our eyes open to see that. It is so easy to come into an environment, to your world, come back from holiday. And look at your world with old eyes, like, oh my gosh, things just aren't working, you know, with those eyes that say, I I just don't know what God's doing, I just can't see anything. But we need to have eyes that we will go, no, 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 God is moving. He has great things. When we walk back from from our workplace and we just look into our world and we conclude, God has left me, all is lost, I can't do this anymore. But we forget how God has been with us up to this point point how He's been leading us, all that He has brought us through, all that He has saved us from. There's been so many situations and scenarios where God in the past has got us on the right track and He's gonna do it again. But now we're there left. We're left there stranded in that sense of hopelessness, bobbing around like one of those America's Cup boats who hasn't got any wind to go on. And we realise we've got no impetus, no get-go. We weren't going anywhere. Um, uh, Anna and I had a conversation with someone just the other day, and, uh, and um, he just spent the last two hours contemplating his life, and he got into this very spot. You know, he'd, uh, he, he'd just been going round and round in circles about where his life was going, what wasn't working, how things were seemingly hopeless. God had left him. He didn't know where he was going. Uh, you know, it, it seemed like things were spiraling downward. And we had a chat to him, and I could recognize it straight away. Why could I recognize it? Because I've been there. I mean, I've been there plenty of times where somehow my eyes has been on on the circumstances and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, God, what have you done? Uh, I remember a time when I was running my own business and uh, anyone who's, you know, been self-employed, you, you, you kind of realise, I've got to have, you know, a good number of clients coming through. I recognised I was in a tight spot. I only had maybe one or two really strong clients. Uh, I had some work I had right then, but I could see the runway was running out, and I was worried, I was concerned, and I got in one of those moments where I was spiralling down, spiraling down. And I didn't know what to do. So what to do? I called my brother-in-law, Marty Waring, and, uh, who's, who's part, of our, part of our campus here. Phenomenal guy, and I called him. I don't know what I was hoping for. You know, maybe a, a great six point business plan that <laughs> was going to get me out of it, you know, that he could just rattle off, man, this is what you do, you know. I don't know. I, I think I was just at the end of myself, and I just rung him. And I'm, and I'm like, Marty, this is my situation. This is where I'm at. What do I do? And Marty didn't give me any business advice, he gave me nothing. And, you know, what a, what a guy, you know, gave me nothing. But well, what He gave me was so much better. He, he heard my heart. He recognised through what I was saying that somehow I'd lost faith that God was with me. He recognised through what I was saying that I was just distracted by all the negative things going on. I didn't see how God was on the other side of it. He started to speak to that part of it. He start, he prayed for me on the phone. Man, as we were talking on the phone, my spirit just lifted. I was like, come on now, you know? He just he just transformed. And then He committed to pray for me in the next season. I got off that phone, I had no other business ideas, but my whole spirit had changed. I was like, God, I think you're for me. I, I actually think you got, you got a way through this, you know? Something had changed inside of me, you know? And, and I just had this new hope, this new sense of expectation. God was in it. He had, he had strategies. He had a plan. He had a purpose. What I didn't realize is that that moment and then the next few weeks, God actually brought another change, another tack, a shift in my life that was going to be so significant that would bring me on another course altogether. But I couldn't perceive it. I couldn't see what God was doing in the background. But my brother-in-law is just reminding me, hey, God's with you. He's for you. He's about to breathe on your life. He's got great plans coming your way. And, and of course, coming back to this conversation that Anna and I, Anna and I had with this other person, and, and, uh, and I could recognise he was in that same moment. I'm like, hey, you know what? You know, we've, we've talked about this. And I reminded him of a scripture that we discussed just a few weeks earlier. It's this scripture, James 1, starting at verse 5. It says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown, tossed by the wind, seemingly going nowhere. You know, we're stuck in the water. We're really not going in any sense of direction. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. And I reminded him, hey, you know the Scripture. You've been praying for wisdom because he's a diligent guy like that. He goes, yeah, yeah. I have been praying for wisdom. He made some key decisions over the New Year's period that I believe were a result of the wisdom of God. And I just reminded him of that. And he goes, yeah, you're right. And suddenly his perspective changed. He suddenly had the eyes of faith. He realized that God was on his side. God was working for him. He was doing something amazing. You know, I think we need to hear that God is for us that uh, God is on our side. We need to hear again that if you ask for wisdom, if you ask for God's Spirit to fill you, He's gonna do that. He's not a God who plays games. Have a listen to this in Luke 11. You fathers, if, you, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people, that's a great description for all dads out there, mums, you know, you sinful people, hey, You know, Jesus is saying, it's His words, not mine. Um, If you simple people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? We can have faith. We can have faith. Not because of us, because God does it. Because when we ask Him, He will give us the gift of His Holy Spirit. If you need wisdom from God, you can ask and He will give it. If you need a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit, you can ask God and He'll bring a fresh wind of His Holy Spirit. And He doesn't give His Holy Spirit because we earned it. It's not because we reached some threshold. This guy's got the threshold, he gets the Holy Spirit. Nah, it's not that. Have a listen to this in Galatians 3 verse 5. I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It's because you believe the message you heard about Christ. God's gift of the Spirit is simply because we decided we were going to believe His Word. We were going to believe His Word. What if I don't have any faith though? What if I don't have any faith? That's a great question because the truth is all of us have been there at some time where we don't have faith. What if I don't have faith? Then borrow faith. Borrow faith from someone. I borrow faith from Marty. I was like, man, Marty, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know why I called him. I don't know what I was expecting from the call, but I knew, man, Marty's a guy who's positive. Marty's a guy who's been through stuff, and he's come out the other side, and God's carried him through. Marty's a guy who cares about me. He's going to do that for me. And I tell you what, we need to borrow faith from some of the people around us, you know. Maybe that's one of the best things you could do in 2023, is take a look at the people to your right and your left. Are these people you could borrow faith from? If they're not, hey, maybe just, you know, Maybe we don't hang out so much there. I don't know. Maybe that's God's wisdom for you. Find some people who you can borrow faith from. Because God has faith for you. But we can also borrow faith from the Word of God. And this is way more significant. We can borrow faith from the Word of God. Romans 10 17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. If you don't have faith, borrow it from God's word. Man, read it regularly. Read it in the morning. Allow it to soak in your mind. When trouble comes in your way and you think, oh my gosh, I'm getting blown off course, bring that scripture to mind. Confess it over again. Look at it again. Allow it to infiltrate your heart and your thoughts. Man, I, honestly, I reckon in my Christian journey, I was slow to this one. I, I probably it was not until my 20s that I kind of really picked this one up. And some of you are looking like, man, it took, I, was, I was there way faster than that. I don't know. That's just me. Uh, but I remember a really significant moment um, in my life. And I had a relationship that really wasn't good. It had gone really badly. And as a result, it was having a significant effect on me. Uh, you know, like I could, I felt physical, emotional, overwhelming pain in my life because of this particular relationship. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't have what it took to walk through this. And, and it was the moment that I thought, God, all I can do is turn to your word. So I went old school mainly because it was an old school time. All right, okay. All right, okay. I didn't have any electronic device at all. Probably the closest to that was my TV set, which had channel one, two, and not yet three. Um, Anyway, so I grabbed the piece of paper and a pen, and I just started writing down the scriptures that I believe God, things that I wanted to have faith for, but I didn't have faith for. Things that I thought, God, I believe you're saying this, but I don't know if I, I believe it in my heart. I started to write them down. And then in those moments that I felt overwhelmed, I pulled out my piece of paper and I started to read them out loud. And the only way I can describe it is like this, that if that anxiety, that, that, that pain that I'd experienced had frozen my insides, then it was, like I, 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 it was like somehow God was pouring hot water through my head into my body. I could physically feel my body changing because of the Word of God to me. I felt like this is changing me radically. I would read it out loud. I'd declare it out loud. Man, maybe that's something you need to do. Grab a scripture, speak it out loud. God, I believe this, and it would change me internally. It would change the way that I felt the what I believed. Some days I need to read that three or four times. That didn't matter. God was changing me slowly but surely. Just the fact that three or four hours later I feel differently doesn't mean I give up. I got that piece of paper out again. I read it again. I allowed the Word of God to bring faith. I borrowed faith from the Word of God and let it come and fill my heart. It is the sword of the Spirit. Ephesians 6 says, it is the sword of the Spirit. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit and that's why it has supernatural power to change your life. Man, I'm running out of time. Uh, The second tack, the final tack that I want to talk about here is we need the heart of repentance. If the band could come, it would be amazing. We need a heart of repentance. Here we go. What a great way to start the new year. I was just thinking, I don't want to say that on the first day I'm preaching in the new year. Guys, we need to repent. Let that be a positive message for you, everyone. We need to repent. I want us to come back to the scripture though. Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said, Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repentance is the tack that sets us up. It's crucial in our lives as believers. Uh, I heard this phrase and we've probably all heard it. I wrote it down for us today. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And the fact is that Some of us have been living the same old way, in the same old habits, ignoring the same prompting from God's Spirit that we should turn from some of those ways. We've wondered why our purpose seems to have waned. Our marriage is not in that vibrant place that it should be. Our zeal for life has disappeared. Our relationships never get any better. And yet we're aware that in some areas we are living in the same old sinful habits that we have always been. Here's the good news. We don't have to continue like that. Firstly. God is faithful to forgive. But secondly, God can empower us to change. He has the ability to change us. He can change us from the inside out. Someone said this about repentance. To repent is to go home, returning to where you came from and where you belong. And that's powerful. Returning to where you came from, to where you belong. It's not just regret. I mean, these guys in the Bible, they regretted they were cut to the heart, but they still needed to repent. It's not just forgiveness either, although forgiveness does come to us. But when you repent, you make a change and God makes a change. It's the amazing thing about a whole Christian journey. You do it and God does it. We'd make a decision, God, I can't keep living like this. And God says, great. I'm going to help and bring you through the other side. I'm going to give you what you don't have. Maybe some people, you're in this room, you think, ah, man. Man, I've been dealing with this for a while, though. I just encourage you, why don't you go again? Why don't you go again? Why don't you allow God to come and move in your life again? God's powerful. When we come and we repent, He comes and He actually brings refreshing in our life. Have a listen to the Scripture in Acts 3. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord times of refreshing may come from the Lord God is moving in our church, He's moving in your life, why don't we just stand to our feet right across this place I believe the power of God is here, I believe the power of God is moving in this place He's moving for everyone watching online right now I believe God wants to bring about His fresh wind into you and maybe even in the last twenty minutes, God's been speaking to you. Maybe He's been He's directing you. Maybe He's saying, "Man, have your eyes open to faith. See what I'm doing, because I'm moving in your world." And maybe even I've I've been speaking. God's been tapping you on the shoulder. and saying, "Hey, this area. You should change this. This needs to tack to the left, man." It's time for you to come home. Get in sync with me. And as you do, I'll empower you to change. I'll empower you to change. Because we can't do it on our own. But as we do it, then God does it. God's going to come and move. Thank you for joining us for the Arise Church podcast. We hope this message has blessed you. For more content or resources, visit AriseChurch.com. Matiowa, See you soon.